Hello, and welcome back to the Century Podcast. I'm Alexander Elmore, the Editor-in-Chief of the University of Colorado Denver's student-run weekly news publication, The Century. On this episode, our photography editor, John, talks with staff photographer and former editor, Taylor, about photography. Is it an art? What makes a good photo? Should I make a photography Instagram account? We've got lots of questions and they've got all the answers, so let's get started. Hi everyone, my name is John. I'm the photography editor with The Century and I'm here with T. T, you wanna introduce yourself? Hey everybody, I'm T. I'm a staff photographer and writer with The Century. I've been with them for about three years now, so got some experience under my belt. Thank you, yeah. We're here to talk photos and everything related to photos. We are. And I'd say we, we're talking about it often enough. We figured we should put it on the podcast. So here we are. We kind of want to talk about photography as art. So I want to begin with a quote from Ansel Adams, who is perhaps one of the most, is one of the most well-known photographers, perhaps ever, certainly of the 20th century. And his quote, that quote from him is, there are no rules for good photographs, there are only good photographs. So maybe you want to talk about what that means to you, T? Yeah, for me, it just, and if you're someone who's going through the photography department here at uh, CU Denver, you'll learn it yourself, but as you look at photos over time, none of them follow a set of rules, so to speak. They just tend to capture really monumental moments. And the emotion or the scene that a photograph is is immortalizing is far more important than, say, is it properly exposed or you know, whatever rule or restriction you want to apply, they can all be broken and the photograph will still turn out good in one way or another. There there can be some beauty found in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate that you spoke to that because that I wanted to touch on how it's such a a versatile medium. And I think he kind of demonstrates that with, with this quote here. And this is something we'll touch on later. Not only is it so versatile as a medium, but it's also very accessible. And I'd say that's one of the things that that both of us really enjoy about photography. But anyway, I want to kind of first talk about some things that people might not often consider with photography, especially photography as an art form. That's kind of a controversial topic, I guess you could say. A lot of people might not qualify photography as art. Historically, it was often labeled as, a, as an, an industrial medium because you have a film lab, you have all these chemicals that you're using to develop and fix your film emulsion. But still, I would say it qualifies as art in many cases. And so I wanted to first talk about what I would consider maybe the most important part of any art medium, not just photography. And I think that's intention. T, maybe you want to expound on that a little bit? I mean, I think to go along with that, to 
define something as art, you have to remember that art itself really doesn't have a definition. And so to claim something isn't art is really funny to me because anything can be art. Literally anything can be art if somebody calls it art. And so to me, like I feel like all the mediums got together in like a a back alley to determine who (laughs) is true art or not. And photography's over there in, 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 in the rumble trying to make it and it's holding its own but it's it's had a tough fight over the years and that's for sure and i and i it it goes back to the that uh topic you brought up of intention which that plays such a vital role in in photography specifically because when a photographer goes to capture a photo they are editing the scene you you cannot physically take a picture of every single thing happening that you can see with your own eyes. Um, you, I mean, if you get the right lenses, you can get into the technicalities of it, sure, but something has to be edited out at some point. There has to be an edge to the photograph, and so something will not be in the frame that could be vital, and this gets brought up a lot with photojournalism and things like that. Like, what is left out? How is this being framed to propel a certain agenda? And that, I think, plays into art as well, because when you're creating art, you're, you're wanting to convey a message. You're wanting to say something to someone in, in some way. And that is intent. You have an intent to hopefully change someone's opinion with what you're creating in one way or another. And with photography, if your intent is to inform or to educate or to just simply say, this is what I saw and now I'm going to replicate it and show you so you can see it too, that's pure. That's There's nothing hidden there, but when you get into falsifying things or the intent is to like the intent of the person taking the photograph or something is is negative i think that's where it kind of falls out of the definition of art if there is one because i'm contradicting to what i said earlier that if you call it art it is art but right i don't think something can be created with the intent to be harmful and be art. I think that's a contradiction. Oh, certainly not. Yeah, and that touches on a a really interesting tangent that we could talk for hours about, but just briefly, photography is is difficult to put in in just one box, let's say, uh, as a manner of speaking. As in, there are journalistic photographers, obviously there's wedding photographers, and and portrait photographers and landscape and wildlife photographers and there's all these different little groups i guess of of i guess niches of of different photographers i like to call them (laughs) sub-genres that's perfect it's just sub-genres of photographers and they're all doing their own thing it's super cool but there's definitely something to be said about photography being used negatively but i'd say certainly when you're intending to make art 
for the most part, I would hope people have positive intentions to go along with whatever they're shooting, whatever they're taking a photograph of. But yeah, I said that that leads kind of well into capturing a moment and kind of composition and some of these other things that we might not typically consider when we're taking a photograph because it is so accessible to us now. You can just take out your phone, snap as many pictures as you want. But I think composition is, is really important. And I want to talk a little bit more about that because you really are capturing a moment in time, which is super interesting, super cool. But composing that shot can take so, so, so long. I mean, or it can be a split second, you know, where you don't even think about it and you end up producing your best work. And I think that's a really a beautiful facet of this medium. I feel like that with it, with that, it, it plays into the what is a photographer question. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, every single, not every single, I don't want to be that general, but you know, it is uncommon to see someone without a cell phone that has a camera today. So everybody yeah. takes pictures. So by definition, everyone is a photographer. But there is some kind of like extra weight that you want to come with that when you put more time into it. And I think that's where you get that like highbrow feeling of I'm a photographer. <laughs> right. Be- because you look well, like it comes with experience. It comes with making mistakes. It comes with learning, you know, the technical side of it. Because you put time into it, you learn the little tricks of composing a scene quickly, of saying, oh, this is what I know what works. And so that that sets certain people aside in this vast pool of talent that is modern photography, that is the modern playing field. I mean, every single person can take pictures. It, mobile photography has changed the game field and the way people play the game forever it's not the way it was 20 years ago it's not even the way it was five years ago and so i just and and i think it kind of goes back to that the overarching like intent is when you compose a shot when you take that time to say this is what i want inside my frame and this is what i don't want Taking that time is what makes you a photographer. Taking that time to compose it. And even those like capturing from the hip, so to speak, moments of like really rapid fire, they're just lucky shots. They're just they're just lucky. It it it, it plays on is your camera set on the right settings? Like everything has to factor in to be perfect so you don't have to take the time to compose it so much has to play in for it to get those like really fantastic shots right on the fly so much is there's time taken before the actual photo to compose it to expose it into all of it it plays into the the end exposure and i think if you want a great exposure you're gonna take the time and it's gonna reflect it in your photos yeah i agree and that's something that will 
build upon, I guess, in just a few minutes, kind of the conversation about film versus digital and how those processes might be more beneficial. I certainly prefer film photography. I do the bulk of my work, personal work, on on film almost entirely. But that that brings up an interesting point that I want to mention as well. Is I'd acknowledge that I, I get why why people are hesitant to qualify photography as a medium. I mean, there there are trillions of photographs on the internet, and b- millions, billions more being uploaded every day. I mean, we're just totally, constantly exposed to to photography. But then it, it takes each person subjectively to say, out of all those photographs, what makes one art and all the other ones not? But on that note, I do want to talk a, a little bit more about film and those processes because I think that's something super interesting that people may want to know about. I think it's a lot more involved for me personally. It's a more organic process, I guess I would say. It allows me to slow down. Or it forces me to slow down and think about composition and intention, like we talked about, because you do have a limited number of shots, and you're not going to be able to snap 20 shots in a few seconds and then instantly go and look back. You have to wait. You have to make sure all your settings are correct, your exposure,、uh, your your f-stop value, all that is correct, so that when you take the photo, you are, are sure within reason that. You are getting the composition that you were intending to get. So, what are your thoughts on film versus digital? Well, I mean, I think I'm a little controversial to say something because I don't think it's I don't think it's a versus. <laughs> I see a pro and a con to each type of photography. Okay. One one of my personal favorite quotes is. And I, I don't know if this is the correct quote, but it's it's essentially the best camera is the one you have with you. Definitely. And I think that says a lot because everybody always says, "Oh, you need to have the best camera, or you need to have the best lens, or you need to use this certain film stock, or you need to go mirrorless." Whatever.、Um, it's all just craze. It's all just fads. Um, people still shoot film today. People still coat their own glass plates. It's yeah. They don't go away. Photography parts of photography don't die. They just serve a different purpose. And so, digital is great for like the work. The work field to to be able to turn over images as fast as you can with digital. I mean, you could in theory tether a camera to to a laptop, do a shoot, do a do a a session. I'm trying to be more aware of the language around photography. And you tether, say you tether your camera to to a a laptop. You do a session with a client, and you you can edit it right there, and then send the files to the the client. And they can upload them that evening. I mean, you can have day turnaround with digital photography, and that is amazing, amazing. But then with film, I I think personally,、oh, yeah. if it's something that interests you, and it doesn't interest everyone, and that's okay. 
But if it if it piques something in in you, if you go into a dark room and you think, hmm, this seems like a good place for me, try it out. You'll probably love it because it is more organic. Organic. I love that term in in related in relation to film because it is. It really is. It it. When you take your first film photograph and you develop your role and you take it into the dark room and you put it in the larger and you make your print, you watch that develop right in front of your eyes. You watch the photo come to life right there in the chemicals. It is such a magical moment. It it cannot be replicated. And so that is a, that is a perk to film that digital does not have. It is something truly magical, and I think it does bring you closer to your work. Because you are more connected with it, but then I also think that like cell phone photography has its place too. Because there, there are times and there are instances in my personal life that if I didn't have my cell phone with me, I wouldn't have a picture. And while they're not the greatest photos ever, I have a picture, and that's what's more important than anything else. And so, I also think that cell phones make, like you were saying, it's super accessible to everybody. Anybody can go learn photography with their their cell phone now, and that is amazing, amazing. I love that anybody can learn this craft. Yeah, it's it's really brilliant what how technology has made this accessible, and that's something that it, I should have mentioned is that I don't I don't have any I don't I don't get on a high horse about film because it's not for everyone. I. Prefer it. I love, like you said, watching the print kind of come to life in the dark room, and then I mean, you do have all these these options with film, right? I mean, you, you have options for the type of film you want to use. There's really weird. I mean, like Lomachrome Purple. You just <laughs> are shooting these predominantly purple-hued images. I guess you would say. And I'm pushing and and pulling, yeah. And、uh, it's all those processes. And I love that, like film, those like fun film emotions, and the ability to push and pull. Any any of those like little adjustments you can do in the darkroom, it makes it. It's just so fun. It's just so fun. And that I, I love film. I really do. And I agree. Like it isn't for everybody, but it, it's like. It, I think everybody should at least try it once. I think everybody should try digital photography once. Yeah. I think everybody should try an alternative process. Cyanotypes are so much fun. Like I just, I don't, I just love photography. I just love it so much. It's so fun. Like it. So fun. It brings people happiness, and that's that's great because you get to remember things that you might otherwise forget, or. It brings back memories that you did forget, like the act of sitting down and flipping through a photo album while it's not. Now people scroll through their their phone album, but the act of flipping through a photo album and like, oh gosh, you remember that? You know that birthday? You don't you don't get that kind of feeling with other art forms. At least I don't. I don't like walk into a museum and see a painting and think, oh, you remember when we saw this painting? It's not the same, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's definitely unique in in my opinion. And like you were saying, film has a lot to it. It's very nuanced. No two shots are gonna be the same necessarily. You're gonna get different grain patterns on everything. 
you can get oh gosh expired film and get some really cool effects on there because the chemical emulsion has, has gone bad and you're gonna get some some really interesting stuff or maybe you're gonna get a roll of blank shots that's <laughs> part of the risk you're taking and that's part of the the downside of film is, is certainly the the cost the price you pay i mean you can pay what's up before we get into the cost i did want to say one of my favorite things that influences film is the enlarger itself when you start off the uh, the machine itself is cold because you don't have the light bulb on yeah but as you're working the light bulb will change temperature because the air around it you know like it's on a while so it changes and i don't really know the science into it so i don't want to get into it and be wrong but i just know that like if you're working in the dark room and you're there for half an hour an hour that light changes and it changes how your print turns out and you have to adjust so it's a constant interaction with your equipment and a and adjustments and things like that. I, I, I like that. I like being... I like having that much work, personally, when it comes to my photography. I like the... what others may may find to be an inconvenience with film. Having, like like you were saying, you may end up with a blank roll because you, you, you go out, you put it in your camera, and then you take all your pictures, you don't get to see those pictures till they're developed. And that could be a week, a couple, a month, you know, however long. And so oh, yeah. I just think it, I just, I love it. Sorry to go on a, another small mini tangent about it. No, no, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Film is just, it's so beautiful. And I, I am really glad that it didn't die away because there isn't a, a part of digital that can replace it yet. I don't think there ever will be, simply because it's a different type of, like, what would you call it? Medium inside photography, because then it's, yeah. it's a digital sensor where film, it's an emulsion. Right, yeah, yeah. it's, I, I think that's what makes it, that is what makes it more of an artistic process for me than, say, digital, because it's difficult, more difficult to make mistakes or to make good mistakes, to make mistakes that and you end up with a, a brilliant image or a really nice print. And that's something that's not really replicated with digital or your phone, for example, I guess that falls into digital photography as well um, because it's so consistent, which is wonderful as well. and. It's just about different applications, but uh, like we were we were talking about um, <laughs> the 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 issue with film is that it's so exorbitantly expensive, and the prices it's, it's so wildly the yeah, prices do just, just keep going up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I must I imagine I try not to think about it, but <laughs> I save up and. Uh, gosh, like a, a roll. If you're, most people I think are familiar with 35 millimeter, where you're getting 36, they're about exposures. But if you're shooting something way bigger, six by seven, 
format, let's say a much bigger camera with larger film, you're going to get 10 shots potentially, and you're paying, oh God, at least $20 per roll if you're sending it off to a lab to be developed, including the, the cost of the roll of film itself and then mailing it wherever it needs to go. It's definitely not an inexpensive hobby. I would say, but it's it's definitely worth it for me. I'm sure you can agree with that. Oh, 100%. And I, I, I want to just share my philosophy about film and its price. Life itself is expensive. No matter what hobby somebody picks, it's going to be pricey. I can't personally think of something that isn't expensive, that doesn't require buying materials. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to like diminish it or or say oh it is like super affordable because it, it is expensive. I mean, no matter what you you choose to use as your film stock, it it's it's expensive one way or another. It's going to build up price, but so is anything else you want to put money into. Everything has a cost and so to me I feel like if whatever you're buying is making you happy then it's worth the price yeah and there I think there are ways to make film maybe not cheaper but just have a better longevity and this is I mean this might not interest people but they could say buy one roll of film a month and challenge themselves to only take a picture a day that limits them sure but it also encourages them to be more creative in that limitation because if you're only taking one picture a day you're gonna make sure it counts absolutely and that's what 20 bucks a month for one roll if that's the way you want to do it and then you know developing sure if you want to send it away but develop yourself it's really not that hard no yeah uh, yeah it's... black and white developing doesn't have to be temperature controlled you can put most of the chemicals down the drain you just have to check with like your local drainage people about it because um, you don't want to break through pipes <laughs> that would be bad fixer cannot go down the drain do that's it. terrible never put that don't don't do it don't do it just there. don't do it yeah um but if you want to do color that stuff just get a sous vide and then you can also do super cool stuff in the kitchen with water bath cooking um because sous videing uh it's a form of temperature controlled water like cooking and for color film you have to keep your chemicals at at a certain temperature and having a water bath for that is absolutely perfect and so sous vide machine works for two things color film developing and food (laughs) cooking there you go yeah uh yeah and so i'm i'm my point is is you can find ways to be clever in how you approach film if it is something that is expensive for you but something that you still want to look into and enjoy yeah really well said and absolutely it's something that can be accessible once you have that initial initial investment out of the way and with just a couple minutes left here i think that leads us really well into 
returning to the accessibility of it. And just with film, for example, I encourage everyone I know to to pursue film if they're even remotely interested in it, because you can get a really decent, really good 35 millimeter camera for, gosh, I just picked one up from the, the thrift store for, for, gosh, 20 bucks. I mean, so, so accessible. I see people giving them away on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is pretty easy to get, if you're not picky, like if you don't have a, like you don't want to like a, you don't need a Leica, but if you just want to take pictures, get a camera that you can find and go take pictures because that's, you don't need to have fancy equipment. You don't need to have the best film stock. You don't need to have a mirrorless camera. You don't need to have, it is truly accessible to anybody because no one needs the fanciest gear to be a good photographer. It You really don't. You can take pictures with a cardboard box and a pinhole pricked in the side as long as it's light sealed. I mean, yeah. you don't need to have whatever someone's trying to sell you to tell you you need to be a photographer. You don't need anything specific except a camera. A, a camera obscura, which is a light type box. That's it. That's all you need. It doesn't even have to be a box. It can be a round shaped object. It can be anything you want it to be. It just has to be light type. And then you 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 just take pictures. You don't have to you don't have to be something. There's no I hear people all the time, how do you be a photographer? You be a photographer by going out and taking pictures. That's what you do. Really, again, really well said. Um, on that note, I would say everyone go out, start taking pictures. We'd love to see him. Maybe start with film even look up the exposure triangle it's a great place to start it's going to give you a really good foundation for transitioning to digital once you know and understand those values which have actual implications for film not so much for digital because it's digital but it's still really important to know that stuff so that you don't have to shoot photos on auto which is still just as good in conclusion go and take photographs please it's so much fun. T, while we're, we're wrapping up here, if you want to add anything else. No, I mean, I can always, I could talk for another hour, two hours. I mean, <laughs> Me we too. may have a photography <laughs> yeah. part two in the future, so. But, I mean, I, I oh, guess. I hope so. I mean, I said it. My best advice is to go take pictures. And I guess my other good advice is to not be afraid of making mistakes because that's how you get better. When you learn how, that you underexposed a, a photo because of the shutter speed and you're like, oh, I have to have a faster one or a slower one or whatever you need. That's how you learn is by making those mistakes and then thinking, oh yeah, I remember when I messed up that photo, this is what I have to do to fix it. Yeah. That's how, that's how you get better. So don't be afraid of mistakes. Mistakes are not bad. They're your friend. Yeah, absolutely. On that note, T, thank you so much for, for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for, for listening to us nerd out about photography for a little while. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks again, T. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everyone.
The Century Podcast is executive produced by Tej Bolin, Tirza Watts, and Natasha Sherrod. It is produced by Alexander Elmore and Kennedy Earhart. Episodes are edited and mixed by Kennedy Earhart and are recorded via Discord using our staff's own equipment. This episode was written and narrated by John Mazetta and Taylor Pullman. The Century Podcast is paid for by the students of the University of Colorado Denver through their student fees. We'd like to give a special thank you to the regents of the University of Colorado, our chancellor, Dr. Michelle Marks, and the students of the University of Colorado Denver, and to you, our listeners. I'm Alexander Elmore. This has been the Century Podcast. And did you know that the set for Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window, which stars Jimmy Stewart as a crippled photographer who thinks he witnesses a murder in his apartment building, was fully constructed, had pre-built lighting setups to mimic various times of day, included several fully furnished apartments with usable utilities, and not only was the biggest set ever constructed on Paramount's lot at that point, but the bottom of the soundstage had to be removed to expose the basement level to be used as the ground floor of the courtyard. Thanks for listening.